Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome back to an episode after a very, very, very long time. So, yeah, you know, we go to these breaks, and you know, people have international breaks. We have our podcasting breaks that we take us over. But anyway, we're back today, uh, and we're joined again uh, by Nishikan Sharma. Nishikan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Rohit. Uh, yeah. Glad to be back after what's been a while. It's been a long while. The last one was match day seven, from what I remember. So we're on match day 12 now. So we've been, I think we've covered two international breaks in the in middle, in the middle mm-hmm. as well. And welcome to Sagar, who is smiling right now. But uh, I'm sure, you know, because it's a Friday and not a Saturday or a Sunday. So, you know, it's always smiles before the game. But <laughs> I don't know. But welcome to the show, yeah. Sagar. Thanks, Rohit. Glad to be back after two months. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we'll get into it. And normally we start with the games, but uh, Nishika, we'll start with this one. I think this might be one of the first weekends where we're having three new managers uh, in 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 a in a, in, a, in a weekend. Uh, so we've got Eddie Howe at Newcastle. We've got uh, uh, what's we got? We got Dean Smith back in Norwich. Uh, he was asked mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks ago. And we got Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa. What do you make of it? I mean, what do you, what do you think the expectations will be for the three managers? Not necessarily from this game this weekend, um, but just in general for the season or for their career. Yeah. I mean, you know, Villa haven't really performed, considering last season, they have really uh, underperformed, uh, you know, by that standards. So I think they're what, like, uh, in the bottom half of the table, just like above the relegation zone. So I, I don't think uh, Gerard will be too much under pressure, right? They just want to survive. And if, if they finish in top half of the table, that'll be a great achievement for Steven Gerrard. So, but what I'm more excited about, you know, even though in my opinion, there isn't much pressure on him, I would like to see how he does because he's a league winner. It's Scottish League. He won with Rangers, and now he's uh, applying his trade in one of the strongest, uh, most competitive leagues in the world. So that's uh, and it's definitely an experience that he needs to have if he want to, you know, get into uh, what I believe would be his dream job at Liverpool. So it'll, it's something uh, of a stepping stone for him. So uh, yeah, I, I just want to see how. Well, he does where he can. Uh, I, I think Villa have quality in their squad. You know, they, they have uh, spent white, uh, on good players, Buendia and uh, Dan, uh, Danes uh, from Southampton. So yeah. they have good players. Uh, they just need, uh, you know, to just gel in well. Uh, they have also, I mean, they bought uh, three, four new players. So obviously it... Uh, takes a bit of time for the squad chemistry to come through. Mm-hmm. So that's that's uh, something uh, would that would be interesting to see how uh, Steven Gerrard manages it. Yeah. But given the fact that he did so well uh, with Rangers, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he should be able to keep them up and, and finish somewhere close to the top half of the table. right? Yeah. And the other new manager is Dean Smith. Well, not new, but in a new yeah. club, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he too had a good time. I mean, it did end on a bad note. Uh, the ending with Ashton Villa was, you know, not what he would have hoped, and not definitely not what Ashton Villa fans would have hoped. But he had a good season with them last year. He he got them back into Premier League as well. Uh, and uh, so you, you know, he's he's a good manager, and I think Norwich, uh, you know, uh, have signed a good coach in in him. Uh, I think. I still don't think Norwich will stay up. I think they're going to go down. But at least if you see in a long term, uh, if you take a long term view, he's a good coach. Even if they go down, it's probably the right man to bring them up. And and, yeah, so I think uh, that would be interesting to see. And obviously, then we have um, Antonio Conte. Eddie Howe, Howe, sorry, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Eddie Howe. Antonio Conte has had a uh, couple yeah, of, had I think, two games, games yeah. uh, already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Eddie Howe, again, yeah. I mean, he he's a proven coach. He has done well before. But between these three, probably he's the the underdog or, or the least rated, I would say. Uh, you know, it's been out yeah, for so long. Not exactly the, the least rated, I would say. But, uh, yeah, he was there for quite a 
long time at Bournemouth, yeah. right? Yeah, he was there, I think, yeah. with Bournemouth yeah. for a long time. And he, he has been out well, of the job uh, for a while. And, and, yeah, and if you he... look at his uh, entire spell, you know, uh, in the first half, he was very good. At, uh, you know, at certain point, uh, he was even uh, uh, touted as being, uh, uh, you know, success, succeeding uh, Asin Wenger at uh, yeah. Arsenal. But somehow I don't uh, yeah, know I mean that that out. probably was more like a knee-jerk reaction because he did well for a season or two at Bournemouth. Yes. But but from a Newcastle perspective, it's a good signing because yeah. you, definitely, uh, definitely. Even though they have like unlimited resources, uh, so to say, right now, that, yeah. but they're not a club that would just immediately go ahead and attract big names. So they need someone who can just steady the ship. Maybe help them finish, uh, you know, stay up, uh, and and give some sort of consistency to their game. I think that that would be the first priority. Yeah. To stay up. Yeah. To yeah. stay up. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think Eddie Howe is capable enough to do that. And especially, uh, you know, I, I I'm expecting uh, uh, Newcastle to spend big, not on big names, but spend big in January in the sense that they need some, you know, some sort of. We have a lot of free agents agents uh, who are going to come up in January, people like Insigne, and yeah. there are quite a few uh, who, who can be attracted, you know, with, with a big paycheck, that Newcastle. Insigne hasn't are, signed a new contract yet? No, he hasn't yet. Wow. I mean, that's just an example. I mean, I'm saying yeah. there are some really good well, there's, names. Yeah, there's Pogba, yeah. there's Lingard. Pogba, there's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch yeah. of free you know, agents. You, you have people that, like you know, Phil Jones as well, who who would really, you know, Newcastle would probably do well signing a player of his experience and yeah. uh, caliber. So, you know, they need that kind, you know, th- th- those kind of players who can, uh, you, you know, kind of help them just steady the ship finish in top half of the table and gradually move up and then eventually they should be with their financial clout be able to attract uh, big name coaches and big name players. Mm-hmm. Well, you said first priority should be to stay up. I think Newcastle's first priority would be to try and get a win uh, because they only yeah. need to yeah, have won, won a game. A single yet. game. Yeah. Uh, and, but they're still second from bottom. Norwich is still worse off even though they've won a game. But anyway, that's just uh, so it's, a, it's a weird situation, isn't it? But uh, I mean, we'll see. Well, Newcastle playing Bedford, so that should be an opportunity for them to get a win. Uh, Norwich City opening Sp- Southampton. By the way, Dean Smith's last game for Aston Villa was also against Southampton, so <laughs> that would be a little bit of a nice way to to get to welcome back. Uh, and then I think, and uh, well, I believe Aston Villa playing Brighton, which might be tough uh, because Brighton are doing quite well. But uh, yeah, we shall see. I mean, what will happen there? Uh, I've got to talk about players as well, but let's let's go to the games. We'll start off with the big one actually uh, to, tomorrow: Leicester City against Chelsea. I mean, that is a game that uh, is important for 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 all reasons. Uh, Saga, I mean, there's the thing. I mean, uh, I know a lot of it is just you know baseless rumors, and you gotta kind of be careful about that. But what would the mentality, what the mindset be of the Leicester players when you hear about Rogers being linked with Man United, you know, with other jobs? Do you think it kind of puts a little bit of, uh, maybe not pressure, but probably puts them off a little bit, unsettles, unsettles the players a little bit, you know, because they've been here in two weeks, he's going to go, he's going to go. He's not going to go, but, you know, maybe it unsettles them a little bit ahead of this game. Maybe it, it would have had some impact earlier, but, you know, a couple of days back, Rogers uh, himself, he, he clarified that uh, he's not interested in joining United or, uh, for that matter, any club uh, midway. And secondly, I don't know why, I mean, was he, uh, you know, uh, trying to mock us or I don't know. But he said that, yes, uh, they already have a very good manager leading the club. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, yeah, apparently he, he isn't interested. And uh, that, that's a good news uh, for, for me, at least. I don't want him at United. So I think the the dressing room atmosphere should be fine now. Yeah, uh, all the things are well, yeah, yeah. slightly cooled down. Yeah. yeah, we'll leave aside who should be the next United manager. That is a conversation that might come up in the week or two weeks. I don't know when it will come because we're waiting for that to happen, but it's not going to happen right now. But anyway, um, about Chelsea, uh, do the last game, uh, you know, which was a little bit of a surprise. It should not have, uh, but goal scoring seems to be a problem for Chelsea at the moment. Um. You know, I mean, I know they're missing strikers, but uh, it is a problem. I mean, to be fair, goal scoring has been our problem ever since Diego Costa left. You know, we would have games wherein we would go on a flurry and we would score a lot. But in general, you know, we we are not the team that would 
that you would expect to score a lot of goals. We we would manage to obviously uh, under uh, Tuchel, uh, you know, with the defensive assurity that his system provides us. Uh, it gives us the confidence that you know if we score one goal, we'd probably win. Right? We we won't concede. So that's definitely a problem. Although. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say goal scoring is a problem for us because I think that, you know, uh, I don't think uh, except Liverpool, any team has scored more, go- more goals than uh, Chelsea this season. Uh, what it is, the, our problem is that we do not have a, a reliable and consistent uh, source of goals. Right? We are dependent on sometimes, our, I mean, most of the t- times our fullbacks, defenders are scoring uh, from set pieces. Sometimes uh, we have our midfielders contributing. Uh, so I- in a sense, it's a good thing that we have uh, kind of diversified, you know, uh, the way our goals are coming in and we are not really uh, dependent on one particular person that if he gets injured, then we do not really have anyone else to score. So it's a good thing in that way, but we definitely need someone who's a reliable and consistent uh, source of goal goals. And uh, I, I just think maybe Lukaku needs more time to adjust to the system. And Tukil said that Lukaku needs time to adjust to the system. And our players need time to adjust to Lukaku as well. So hopefully, uh, you know, going forward, we could see, you know, we, you know, we could be in a situation wherein we are confident that we would at least get one goal for sure from one of our uh, main strikers, be it Lukaku or Timo Werner. But as far as scoring is concerned, we have scored enough, but uh, there's still that worry if, if, a, if we play a team that parks the bus, that plays a low block, and they happen to score first before us, then it becomes a little challenge for us because we do not have that, uh, you know, someone who can unlock that uh, defense. And that also boils down to the, you know, uh, the way we play. So I'm hoping that we would uh, see more of attack-minded midfielders like Ruben and uh, Mason Mount, uh, you know, getting uh, chances in the team. Mason Mount obviously have been uh, than just you know having a more uh, kind of conservative-minded people like uh, Jorginho, Kante, and 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 Kovacic in the yeah. in in the midfield. Mm-hmm. So that's something Tuchel definitely needs to work out, but. Uh, as far as Leicester are concerned, uh, that that's a tough game for us. You know, it's, it's a pretty tough game. Uh, although, you know, to be to be fair, uh, Leicester by their own standards haven't been doing well this season. They haven't had the best season, uh, the best start, and best last ten games or eleven games, yeah. uh, whatever has mm-hmm. happened so far. So uh, that's definitely there, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there is that concern that if they play a low block and uh, Tukel confirmed Lukaku won't be playing tomorrow. So it, it could be, so I'm uh, most likely so Werner will be win. going again with uh, eight defenders as some people claim to be. Yeah, eight, eight defenders and second highest goal scores. So, I mean, people can claim. Yeah, so long as we score, right? <laughs> yeah. So it looks like it'll be Werner. So let's see if 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 we uh, how Leicester play. I mean, they, they would be desperate for uh, to you know t- uh, for a turnaround in fortunes, and they have really underperformed. So uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that uh, you know one of our fullbacks can score because <laughs> I don't think we have a striker right now that can score. But hopefully, Reese James or Ben Chilwin can chip in. They they have been pretty. Uh, consistent for us and very reliable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Just to put, I know others is not here, but the stat there for you is that in the last four games, Chelsea have scored only one goal in three of those games. So not scored more than one goal. So, mm. I mean, there's a, it's a recent problem. Before that, they did score seven against Norwich and then they scored four against Malmo. So there is that. Uh, but that being said, Leicester had their own troubles. I mean, as you said, uh, uh, there's, yeah, they have not done that really. That's I'm looking here. Actually, they haven't mm. won any of their last uh, four games. The, uh, they, they have problems in their defense, especially for Fana. Was it who broke his leg? Yeah, for Fana's uh, out. Yeah. Um, I believe they're having a bit he of was an important player for, at for central him, defense. So, yeah, and uh, but it, Johnny Evans is back now, so that yeah. should help them. Hmm. Uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, I mean, that's 
that's something to to look at for for Leicester. I mean, uh, all right, let's just do score predictions in this one. Uh, Sagar, what do you think? Uh, I'll go for a two-nil win for Chelsea. Two-nil win for Chelsea. Uh, I don't see Leicester scoring yeah. any goal. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say one-nil, but you know, I'll I'll go for two-nil. I don't Chelsea. really think we'll concede, but uh, you know, we might not be able to score more than one goal, but I'll still say two, two nil. Two nil to Chelsea. All right, well, it's quite both. Oh, you know what? Uh, I think it'll be two one to Chelsea. I think Chelsea will concede. Just feels less to have a bit about them offensively. They might not have as much defensively, but they do have something. Offensive. Yeah, but two one is what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know. Just, just you know, there's no, there's no rational explanation for these things. We yeah. just, you know, uh, you know just, just a hunch. hunch. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but anyway, as long as Chelsea win, that's that's all that matters, right? 2-1, I think, is what it will be. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the next one. We'll move on to uh, another game to talk about. And, uh, oh, man, there's quite a few big games, actually. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Watford uh, against Manchester United. I mean, that is uh, it's not a big game on paper. But I tell you what, there's so many subplots and so many sub-stories to talk about. Um, can't cover all of them. Cannot cover all of them in this one. Uh, but Sagar, uh, let, let's try to focus on this game. Let's you know, let's let's try not to focus on the noise around because there's a lot of noise around United. Obviously, let's try to focus on this game and this game particularly. Um, and I guess the first question to ask is, uh, I mean, should you know if if United lose to Watford, I mean, do you sack Solskjaer knowing that there's a game coming up in three days? Uh, do you keep him to Chelsea? What 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 would the thought? What what is what is he thinking? What are the players thinking? Because I mean, there's so much. Uh, going on around, how do you focus on this game? And what do you think the consequences of, of the results should be? Uh, well, you know, if, unfortunately, if we manage to lose against uh, Watford, you know... So I know when you I said think... unfortunately, I just thought you said unfortunately we managed to win, but okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> no, because <laughs> see, see, you know, as much as I would like Solskjaer to go, but, you know, uh, a United loss always, it's, it's painful. So I won't go to that extent that, uh, you know, uh, just for uh, the sacking of manager, I, mm-hmm. I don't want my team to lose. But yeah, if unfortunately, if we lose, so I guess, you know, uh, right there and there, uh, you know, in front of the fans, you know, <laughs> you can just make a public announcement about his sacking. So yeah, I, I, I would like to see him go ASAP, whether we yeah. lose or win tomorrow. But yeah. The better, you know, the yeah. No, the thought is good. The issue is to make a public announcement. You actually have to be at the stadium, and none of the United owners will see you actually are at the stadium. They won't be. They're not going to be anywhere near yes. that stadium yes. Yes. Uh, tomorrow. They're not going to be there. They might make a tweet out, possibly. They're not going to be there at the stadium. I mean, this <laughs> can't. Um, so we the United tried out the back five. Uh, you know, and it looks like it's something that they want to continue with. Uh, do you, I mean, we had this discussion. We thought it was necessarily a, a good formation for United. We. It's. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, if do you think? I mean, again, do you still think it's a? It's not a good formation for United. If it's not, what do you think they should really play? So I mean, it could be a good formation for United. What I was trying to say uh, when I said that United shouldn't go with a back five against City was because they're not used to playing in that formation, right? So against one of the best teams in the country, if you try something new and catch them off guard, then it's, you know, masterclass, right? But if you don't, and, 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 and we saw the goals that you conceded against City, both of them were, were avoidable. One of them was an own goal, unfortunate, uh, sometimes happened, but I still think uh, b- b- Van Bissaka was it, right? Bye, bye, uh, bye. Bye, sorry. Yeah, Eric he should bye, have yeah, cleared it properly. Yeah. The second goal, I, I really don't know what happened. You, no way, none of us like know what happened. Just, Even the players yeah. don't know what happened. Yeah, the players yeah. everyone just slept off and Luke Shaw, I don't know what he was doing. He was just standing there. He did not realize. Neither did, I, I don't think, I wouldn't blame De Gea. You, people can blame De Gea, De Gea here because he got beaten at his near post uh, with a very tame shot. But I don't really think even he ex- expected that Luke Shaw will just go, you know, uh, just sleep yeah. in the middle of the pitch and, you know, won't know what's happening around him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everyone got caught off guard. So both both the goals were avoidable. And that's exactly why I was uh, saying that 
you, you know, United should not just go with a new system because it takes time for players to understand what they need to do in a new system. Yeah. So trying no, I, that against the biggest, you know, probably the strongest team in the league was pretty risky. But back five definitely gives you more solidarity, right? So if, if players can understand their roles and, and a lot of United goals, uh, even if you look against the game against Liverpool, uh, there were there are a lot of individual mistakes that happens uh, from people like Maguire and Luke Shaw and your other defenders, uh, you know that results in those goals. So with a back five, it at least gives uh, the uh, these defenders a bit more cover, right? Uh, uh, you know to do certain even yeah. if one of the defender is out of the position, one of the center backs is out of the position, you still have two people covering. Him. Yeah, I just, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's more about the personnel really about in the back five than anything else. Because, I mean, this is the traditional approach is that in a back five, you don't play three center halves. You never play in a back, you never play three center halves. What you do is you play one center half and then you play two full backs who can defend on either side. That is the way you normally play it. In the modern day, we probably, you probably play two center halves and then you play one full back who can defend. And that's normally how you do it. Because you play three center halves, all you're really doing is you're just putting three people in the middle who have no idea what to do going forward. And then you kind of, you know, get pinned back. And then your two wing backs are supposed to be wingers who can defend. Obviously, in the modern game, again, you know, you don't generally get wingers who can defend. So you, they're generally yeah, but, again. But in your case, attack. Maguire is. I mean, it's, he is uh, culpable defensively at times, but he's still decent on the ball. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what I mean. Maguire, I, I just feel like he's. He, I think I, I just. Let's, he's, let's not. I don't think he's a United level player. player. I mean, let me get that straight. I, I'm not defending him. I don't think he should be. Uh, he shouldn't be at United, uh, a club at the level of Manchester United, let alone be captain of the club. But he's not too bad on the ball. So if you're looking for, you know, if, if you think that, okay, if we play three, uh, a back five, maybe we wouldn't have someone to go forward with the ball. I, I think you can still manage that with uh, United, uh, with uh, Maguire. Yeah. But the thing is, you're diff- I, I don't know I, if it's yeah. a tactic issue or... The, the thing is, there should yeah. be Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's got to play as a left center half. If you're really wanting someone to carry the ball, it's got to be Luke Shaw. Yeah, he's you, probably the most technical of all that. the. But who would you play as a left wing back? Alex Tellis. Alex Tellis. You know, literally the guy Alex. who was signed to be a left wing back. Mm. Alex yeah. Tellis, you play him, right? Yeah, I but forgot the, about him. Again, I mean, it goes back to personal issues, right? Alex Tellis is basically Donny, the Brazilian Donny van der Beek. Again, a player who doesn't. You know, he scores a goal against uh, Villarreal. And uh, yeah, it was Villarreal. He scored a goal, brilliant goal against Villarreal. We haven't seen him since then. Unless Luke Shaw got injured twice and came off. So he came back, came on. And otherwise he doesn't play. You know, nobody talks about him because he's not Donny van der Beek. But I mean, he's pretty much the Brazilian Donny van der Beek at this point. Um, but I mean, Sadia, that's, that's another question, isn't it? Personnel. Um, there's talk about Jaden Sancho being a right wing back. I don't know how that's going to go over now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think that's that's a wrong move. But uh, um and if you were to pick teams now, let's let's talk about uh, us either. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, if you were to pick your eleven, I don't. We don't want to talk about all eleven players, but who are the players that need to be in that team for this game? I mean, you know, just who do you think needs to be in that team for sure? It doesn't matter who else plays, but these guys need to be in. Would you have? Do you have any picks for that? Uh, see, I I would love to see Alex Tears back. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, I I want him. Uh, second, uh, especially now that Pogba is not there. At least now, please, uh, you know, it, it's high time to bring uh, Van der Beek, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. these two, you know, they, they need to be there. And probably, you know, uh, go with the front two, uh, like we did uh, a few matches back. Mm-hmm. Uh, both uh, Ronaldo as well as Cavani. So, that that gives, you know, uh, that that's a more lethal combination. So, yeah. I would love to have these players. You know, in my opinion, signing of Ronaldo has really had a negative impact on Bruno Fernandes because he was so good uh, last season. I I think when you have a player like that, you should, you know, make your team play around him. And, And, you know, we can see it in the stats that he has suffered. I mean, you know, it might just be a coincidence, but he doesn't look that involved in the team. He has to... Because obviously Ronaldo isn't gonna run, right? Cavani, if you play Cavani as a forward, he would still run like a dog all, all over the place, and he, you know, uh, kind of defends from front, which Ronaldo has never done 
he doesn't do today and and that's not a criticism you see we we have never been a pressing team less. we we have never been a pressing team uh, since you know like a very long time so uh, you cannot point out uh, single handedly uh, towards ronaldo and not no uh, i'm depending. i'm not saying yeah that's what i said it's yeah. not a criticism so, that he doesn't of he course, never yeah, when you compare cavani and ronaldo definitely cavani has a much yeah. better work rate he he you know he tracks back uh, he is good at pressing so that is definitely uh, an added advantage but uh, as far as bruno is concerned yes uh, the stats you know they have not been uh, that good yeah. as compared to the previous season but if you see some of our goals you know wherein both bruno and ronaldo they have combined and they have scored some very good goals you know I mean, if, course, bruno is like a you know world class yeah, talent yeah. so whenever he is involved yeah, it's going to be something spectacular yes. but w- what i'm trying to say is you need to make sure that he's involved in those positions where he can you know make an attacking difference because he has to if he has to cover on behalf of another player then that's not something uh, good in terms of because we have seen what bruno can do united it's not like you know he's it's his first season we have already seen that this guy is a phenomenal player and the team should be built around him rather than a 36 year old uh, trying to serve yeah. a 36 year I mean, old the, yeah no, the thing I is still believe the team is no i think so, the thing yeah, with right. pressing is you can't have one person pressing because you have one person pressing you yeah, that's a disaster because all you're doing is putting the person out of position right i don't i think to saga's point that had never been a pressing team so to suddenly tell them now you've all got to press this team is not going to work right um the one thing that i do like about kavani is not just his work i think he's a, he's a player who's very different to rashford and greenwood and he allows ronaldo to be ronaldo right because with rashford and greenwood it almost feels like ronaldo has to hold their hand or is to be like okay you know i've got to help them out uh, whereas with kavani it's like you know you know, i don't need you don't need me to help out because i mean you know, i know what i have to do in the team so i just feel that rashford and greenwood are not at that level that kavani is at in terms of his forward play and i think it just helps ronaldo because even against atlanta i know people talked about spurs and they played with spurs were pathetic but even against atlanta the, you know ronaldo scored that second goal when kavani was on the field he just mm. looked like a different player for those 10 minutes that kavani was on the field he looks a different player i think it helps bruno it helps everybody but the problem again is that, that midfield and i don't know i don't know what the combination is i don't think all he knows what the combination is the midfield, make it up as it the on. defense you know everything uh-huh. is in such a sorry state of affairs you know yeah but, but yeah i'm just talking yeah yeah let's yeah, not i mean yeah, let, let's you guys not need there. to get rid of pogba you know because uh, you know it's clearly uh, for whatever reason uh, it's not working out and and you know when you have a player who's on so much salary and so much money he has costed it would kind of feel guilt a manager would feel guilty not playing him uh, and and you know he's one of the and you know i don't know uh, i'm just you know making an opinion here uh i don't know if it's true or not but when you have that if if the board is saying that you know we have a marketable player in paul pogba so you should uh play him more or kind of indicating that to uh ole then that also becomes a problem because he he's clearly not working out and and now uh you know again uh, if rumors are to be believed he's asking for 500000 pounds per week mm-hmm. for a player who's really needs a world class player like kante or a pirlo beside him to kind of uh, succeed then you do not deserve uh, that kind of money if you cannot do it alone definitely right definitely. well i mean so, he's not going to play he's not going to play the, he's not going to play until january he's out uh, which is as i injury? said before that spall pubs mo he yeah. starts off well he was, then gets injured he was red carded and now hmm. he's injured uh, with the national yeah. team yeah i think this happened so, this uh, and, and i don't know season. what has yeah. do, uh, van der beek uh, done to piss ole off i mean that that guy uh, wouldn't get a chance if he was the all <laughs> other time surely something something personal i don't know I mean, yeah i don't know what he is <laughs> i don't i i think i just think and this is my opinion i think he was signed initially because they thought they were going to lose pogba i think that's why they signed him i think they signed him because all they thought he could be a player that he is not they thought he could be this sort of creative winger you know like that's how pogba plays he plays as a creative winger and then he plays as a central midfielder i think he thought that van der beek could be that player he's not he's not a pogba he's not a pogba light basically he's something completely different and i just feel that ali doesn't know what he wants from him and that's why he's not putting him in the team because he doesn't it's a trust it's a matter of trust right he doesn't trust him to, to do what matic can do which is close a game out he can't trust him to do what pogba can do which is you know sometimes make that one good pass and open things up 
you know, and, and I, 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 I guess he just doesn't know what kind of player Van der Beek is. But anyway, hopefully he will. There's a lot of rumors that he will start this this weekend, uh, and I think it's because now his job is on the line, so he's going to do whatever it takes to keep fans happy. I think he will start. But uh, I mean, you know, all you can do is give chances, right? And then hopefully Van der Beek takes it and he and he proves himself, and that's all we can hope for. But anyway, uh, Nishkan, your prediction for this? I know we go, we can go. Uh, you know, we'll probably have to do an episode. An hour episode on Oli and his problems at the club. So we'll leave that for some other time. But Nishikant, your prediction for this one? Yeah, I think uh, United should be able to win this. Watford have had, uh, you know, they, they, they are not playing well. Uh, again, I, I know you would say these are the kind of games you lose and, and, and don't do well in. But uh, I think United would win this uh, 2-0 or 2. Well, not 2-0. Your defense is very culpable. So 2-1. <laughs> Sagar? Uh, I see a scrappy 1-0 win for United. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, going to go a little bit bold. I'm going to say it's going to be 3-2 to United. I'm saying 3-2 because I just have a feeling they're going to be good in attack. Uh, and then somewhere, somehow, someone's going to... Yeah, that, that's have probably brain a United kind of scoreline. Yeah, 3-2 is probably what's going to yeah. be. It might even be 2-0 to Watford and then a second half comeback of all. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with United. I don't know Last minute happen. goal from Ronaldo. Um, yeah, I, I'm just you know, normally <clears throat> these are the kind of games that say you know Watford are going to win, but you know I'm going to be positive, uh, not for any reason. Just I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go into the positive frame of mind for this one and be like, whatever happens, happens. We don't care anyway at this point. Uh, you know, so three two. That's my prediction. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Liverpool against Arsenal. Now, that's a game that is very, very interesting on paper, uh, Nishikant, because we were here uh, in September. We were talking about if Arteta loses to Norwich, should he be sacked and all of that. Um, obviously, you know, the car crash has gone somewhere else. Uh, but Arteta's way turned this around. He's, he's made Arsenal. Arsenal are now a genuine top four contender. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They're a genuine top four team now. Or not a team, but a top four contender for sure. No. Yeah, uh, definitely. What a turnaround. And, and especially with this uh, this uh, set-piece coach that they have got. I forgot. I can't re- recall his name right now. And they have scored, uh, I think, quite a few goals now from set-piece since, since he has been um, you know, tra- uh, training them. So definitely a great turnaround. And I, I think it was... You know, they had a bad start to this season and you could kind of... Uh, put the blame on the injuries uh, that they, they, they've they had uh, before the season. Um, since the first international break, uh, right, they, they, they have been playing really well. I still don't know if they have it in them to, you know, challenge the top teams, if, if you would like to call them. Uh, Liverpool, yeah. City, three. Chelsea, you know, the big, the, 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 the teams, because the I, I still think that, yeah, the big, big three, the big four, however you want to call it. Uh, I still think there is a significant gap in, in quality between, uh, especially between Liverpool and Arsenal. There's a definite gap in quality. If you, if you, if you go man, man to man, but uh, Arsenal are clicking well. Uh, you know, hopefully this international break would not hamper that uh, chemistry that they have developed and, and they can continue, uh, you know, to do well. But in my opinion, this game is a lot more important for Liverpool to win than for Arsenal. I mean, Liverpool are behind West Ham. No disrespect to West Ham. They deserve to be where they are. They've been playing some phenomenal football. But Liverpool, you, you know, like I said, uh, you know, they should be challenging for title, right? They, you, you would expect them to challenge for title. And you know, it's not like they have been doing well. They, they've had some weird results in between that has got them, gone, uh, you know, put them uh, down to where they are. But when they have clicked, they have been phenomenal. Salah and Mane both have been in really good form. Firmino has been scoring goals. So they, they are, I, I, I see them, you know, if says, they click, they're going to blow away Arsenal is what I'm uh, thinking. So I, I, I'd say that for me, favorites are Liverpool because, you know, let's say even if Arsenal do not finish top four, if they finish in Europa League places, it's still a great season for them, given the turnaround that they have made and given the last season and all the... Uh, the new coach, new new players, and everything. It's it's still a great. It's still going to be a great season and great success for them. But I think Liverpool definitely need to win tomorrow's game because yeah. they would want to, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go stop ahead. you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. We'll yeah. talk about Liverpool. We're talking about Arsenal. We'll talk about Liverpool. We're jumping a little bit ahead, so <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. that. Well, I just want to mention though, Nishikan goes like. 
Mane Salah in great form, Firmino scoring goals. Firmino. I guess it's like that's like a <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Like Firmino scoring goals to them, and then we're doing very well because he's a striker, but he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, goals, yeah, but he ha- hadn't been scoring. I mean, no, he's I, not I, know what you I know what you meant. It was like a nice subtle dig there. I thought maybe I'm going to A Sagar, though, um, how much does it help Arsenal because they're not playing week? They're not playing midweek games now, right? They're not playing those Thursday night football games. Um, how much has that helped? I, I feel like that's helped them a lot because they've been able to obviously minimize injuries and they've been able to have more time in training. How much has that actually helped them? Is it a coincidence or do you think um, it is you know, something that's, that's a No, I don't think that's a coincidence because if I remember at the start of the season, uh, we were doing one of the preview shows and mm-hmm. that was one of the major factors, you know, uh, mm-hmm. wherein we had put uh, Arsenal uh, for the top six contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the main reason because they were not going to play, uh, you know, midweek uh, yeah. anytime throughout the year. So mm-hmm. definitely, that's going to help them with injuries and uh, the players are always fresh for the weekend matches. So mm-hmm. yes, that's a big factor, definitely. Yeah. Talking about Liverpool, uh, Sagar, I mean, Nishikan doesn't the fact that there's something weird going on. He's actually meant the big four, big, I was saying big three, but then there, it is actually a big four because you've got to include West Ham in that. Uh, you know, West Ham United, not Man United. They're not a big four team. Yes, <laughs> anyway, unfortunately. Um, yes. But the one thing that is an issue, that might be an issue, is their defence. I mean, I watched the game against West Ham and the one thing that I noticed was Fabinho. I mean, I know he's not played for a while. Fabinho just looked like, you know, he wanted to be anywhere except on that field. That day. The, the amount of times the ball was going through him, uh, even Van Dijk was like wondering what's going on. Um, and I thought even Allison was yeah. very bad again. Uh, you know, maybe there's a frailty then set pieces. That defense, though, that six players were in defense, the four, you know, defenders, and then you've got uh, Allison and Fabinho. That, that, that might be, a, is that just a one off, or do you think that's a concern for Liverpool? Uh, you know, no. that game. I think that was a one off day because both of them were back for Brazil uh, midweek mm-hmm. uh, for the national duty, and they looked good, pretty good, actually. Fred looked so, good too, so you know, I don't want to put too much emphasis on that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm very sure that was a one off day. And mm-hmm. kudos to David Moyes. He, he, you know, he came up with a good plan and mm-hmm. uh, his boys, they executed well. So, yeah, it was an off day, but I think they'll be back to their original form this weekend. That's Michigan. what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Is Virgil van Dijk done as a, as a top level, as an elite level centre-half? Is he done? Uh, is he? I mean, this is, this is a controversial opinion. I have my opinion on this, but I'm just asking you, is he done? Or do you think, no, that he's still... He can I still hope get not, but I, I get your or? concerns. I, I hope no, but I do get the concern. I mean, he has had a very bad injury uh, last season. And, and we are definitely not seeing the Virgil van Dijk we saw uh, prior to that injury and in the season that Liverpool won the Champions League. Their defensive frailties are what causing, you know, what's causing them to lose, uh, you know, uh, these games because their attacks has been phenomenal. Right? They, they don't have a problem in attack. Salah is scoring goals for fun. Uh, so is Mane. He hasn't scored for the last but, three games, though. So he's going in a drought right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. Uh, I was kidding. I mean, but he has not scored in his last three games. But talking about drought, uh, you know, uh, strikers having droughts uh, to a Chelsea fan is... is, is <laughs> <laughs> and if it's just yeah. three games, then, you know. So, but but yeah, I mean, the defensive uh, issues are something that should be a concern for Klopp. Because I, I don't know how fit... You know, sometimes, you know, medically you're fit, but then in a footballing sense, you're not fit, fit. We, we, hmm. we have seen this with many players, uh, you know, even if they come back from, they're cleared by the medical team, but they're not really fit, fit, right? So I think that might be the case with uh, Virgil van Dijk. And that was a really bad injury. So it might take him a few more months to recover, maybe this season. So uh, we, we, we'll see that. We, we'll, we'll get to know more. I, I think I'll have a more convincing answer for you next season if, if, uh, on whether Van Dijk is done or not. But it's definitely something that Klopp needs to address in the time being, whether it's a change in system or, or, or change in personnel or uh, however he addresses it. But it's, it, it needs to be addressed because ultimately, if, if Liverpool end up not winning... Uh, you know, uh, uh, the Premier League or not not being able to compete properly in the Premier League, it would be down to the fact that they have been conceding a lot of goals. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I thought Van Dijk was pretty okay against uh, West Ham. I He's thought, been I thought, okay, but I thought okay like, is he, was, like he actually saved maybe. For, yeah, I think he, yeah. he probably saved two or three goals with his interceptions and his, you know, which don't get a lot of attention. Interceptions and the anticipation. 
you know, people look at tackles and that kind of stuff. I thought he was pretty good in that sense. I think the real problem was the one in front of him and the one behind him who had really bad games. But I mean, I do get this problem. Yeah, there was actually the game against Montenegro where they were 2 0 up, Netherlands, and then they, they drew 2 2 with two goals right at the end. So, you know, maybe there's. And, some mental... you, know, you brought up Fabinho. I really don't think he suits Liverpool's system. He, he yeah. I, I don't really see. But he needs time yeah, on the ball. Fabinho or that... Thiago? Was Thiago is the guy with the thumbs Sorry, Thiago. Thiago yeah. 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 Fabinho is the different guy. Yeah, yeah, I got confused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fabinho as well. I mean, he he's okay. He has his good games. He's but been injured. The, the midfield is not. You, you know that the defensive midfield or or the or the center midfield that Liverpool has, they they need uh, some good players. I mean, I, I don't think Thiago think, is cutting it. I think they're missing for... Cater because yeah. you know, he's been injured. Um, and then Harvey Elliott is injured. Uh, and I don't think Oxlade. Harvey Elliott's injury was a big one. Yeah, right? because uh, and he then was doing really well. Yeah, I, I think the issue is simply, you know, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Thiago just don't cut it as midfielders. I think that's hmm. the issue. Thiago definitely lose yeah, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Didn't do well for Arsenal. There's no way he's going to sustain at Liverpool's Elliot level. Elliot is out for a very long time. What about uh, Nabi Keita? Uh, no, Nabi Keita is out for a long time. Back. Harvey Elliott is back in training. So he should be okay. available. Is he? Yeah, Harvey wow. Elliott is back Wait. light training. Not He's not going to be back anytime. Like not, not this weekend. But he should be back, um, I guess, by the end of this month. Or by early because next month, he should be back. Um, it's been a while. It's been two, three months. Very bad. Yeah, yeah he got injured, months. I think, in the first week or second week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think just after the international break, maybe I think I can't remember. Oh, okay. but, but it's been two, three months. So. But it's been a long time. Yeah, but Keita is out for a, a little bit longer. He normally gets. And that's again a concern. How how long it takes him to be fit? You know, he yeah. might clear the medicals. That's how true. long are you really uh, gonna take to be match fit? Yeah, match fit, and then do you get back to the level that you were at straight away? It takes mm-hmm. a while as well to build that rhythm, right? So yeah, uh, well, he's a young player. He he has time on his hands, so yeah, not really. Yeah, Keita unfortunately keeps getting injured all the time. So, you know, that's a sad concern for him. Yeah, but, Miller, uh, uh, Henderson is too old. So is he, Miller. Okay. We'll talk about that because that is actually, we talked about Henderson. That's a good point that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but anyway, let's just do predictions. Um, Sagar, what do you think? I think this will be a goal fest, but still I, I see a 4-2 win for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. 4-2 win for Liverpool. All right, uh, Nishka. That was gonna be my prediction as well. Four two. Four two. Four two. Yeah, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll do you guys one better. Five three to Liverpool. How about that? No, no, no logic. Wow. <laughs> five three to Liverpool. Because this got five before, so five three to Liverpool. Why not? Um, I do feel that Arsenal are a bit better defensively though than I. I think uh, that might be something to keep in mind. I think Liverpool. Uh, they they first had they had that trouble against Chelsea, but they couldn't break down in organized defense. Um, and I think if Liverpool can get that, sorry, Arsenal can get that midfield to be compact enough, and they can get that defense like how West Ham did it. Um, you know, I, I think I think they could pull off a shock. I, I think they could. They really could. I I, because I I think they don't have even Henderson or either Fabinho tomorrow. Uh, I think well, Henderson did play against England, so he should be available. Fabinho might not be because of the international travel mm. that he has to do. That might be an issue that I can completely agree with. That maybe Fred also is not available. Um, but yeah, in which in case, that then, case, even Allison would be not available. In, if that is the case, then yes. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the quarantine rules work. I don't. I, maybe Fabinho oh, got injured that, or that, not. That then changes. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I think Allison. Fabinho might have picked up a knock. Against Brazil, that yeah, I think Fabinho. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, with travel, like I know Cavani has these issues, or so he travels and comes back. He's never fit for the game after. So I know we'll have to wait and watch and see what happens. Uh, I'm not sure what the injury uh, news is right now. I've not done all my research on opposing opposing teams. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on. Man City against Everton, and the complexion of this game kind of changes just a little bit because we've heard now Kevin De Bruyne is out with COVID. Phil Foden's injured. Jack Willis got injured. I don't know how he got injured playing against Albania and San Marino. I don't know how you get injured when you're not even the starter in those games. But he's injured. Um, but uh, it opens an opportunity for Riyad Mahrez, I think, because I mean he's a player who's sort of become a forgotten man. At uh, Man City, did well last season, and suddenly he's on the on the periphery. Got a chance for him to probably try and stake a claim again in the team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he lost his place to Jesus, uh, who, who started playing. <laughs> yeah, <Of all> <laughs> he started uh, yeah. playing really well now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a definitely a good chance for him to uh, make his way back into the team. Mm-hmm. But City really have very like. They, because they don't have a striker, they really need, uh, you know, their mobile players like De Bruyne and Foden to be uh, on top of the game, uh, right? So, 
uh, their injury, I think, would be a big miss. Uh, again, and, and, and I think it's a great opportunity uh, for Everton to kind of, you know, get a win that would boost confidence because they, they've, they've been having a, uh, you know, you know, uh, subpar season so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's definitely an opportunity for them. And I do see it, it, it's just as, I mean, I think this game is just as important, for, uh, good an opportunity for Everton as it is for Riyad Mahrez for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I completely agree. Uh, if, if there is a time for Riyad Mahrez to stake his claim as the right winger, uh, it's, it's now. Uh, yeah. and, and he needs to uh, prove that he can contribute with goals and assists, especially in a team that doesn't really have a, a, a designated number nine where they need, uh, you know, their attacking players and their uh, beat midfielders or, or the forwards to score. Uh, th- that's that's probably the uh, responsibility. That's the responsibility he'll need to take in in this setup right now. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to show Guardiola that he can be a reliable uh, uh, goal and assist maker, so that they get a chance. And uh, yeah. you know, as long as uh, we have injuries and they have injuries and uh, Mahrez can be accommodated, this is the time. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't really think that he's better player than Foden though. Uh, he's yeah, a great player. Plays on the left anyway. I think Mahrez plays on the right. Yeah. So they don't. Yeah. yeah. Um. The player there. I mean, it's so interesting, isn't it? That we talk about staking claims. Here we're talking about Donny Van de Beek, a 25 million pound player taking a claim. We're talking about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, an academy project taking a claim. And then when you come to City, we're talking about 60 million pounds uh, Rad Mahrez and 50 million pounds Raheem Sterling yeah. to stake claims. I mean, that that's the levels. And I'm, this is not a dig at City, by the way. It's just it's just levels, isn't it? Yeah, it's just get le- to a top you know, team. Yeah, it's, levels. It's uh, I mean, you know, when when Foden might play on left, but they can. Probably accommodate put Jesus there right now because he's injured. But if Foden comes what back, what about Peran Torres? Is he available? No, I think he's still injured. Um, I believe okay. he's injured. Okay. I believe he got injured. Um, no, the thing with with the with the VJ will probably be that Jesus will play as a striker and then Vardmar is play on the right and then they'll probably move Bernardo Silva into midfield because he can play anywhere. So I would assume that's and then probably Sterling will play on the left. I guess that's that's what Sterling on the left. Okay. So I, I think that's that's how it will work. Um, I, I don't know. We don't know what Guardiola will do. We have no idea what he does with his tactics. So we can only <laughs> speculate. Um, so he might I, play John Stones as a wing there. Yeah, <laughs> you could. Well, I mean, John Stones scored a lot of goals. I think he was at, the, at one point, he was probably the second or third highest scorer anyway in the season. So yeah, they could probably play him there. Uh, Saga, speaking of John Stones, speaking of that midfield, um, obviously we had the whole discussion about Rodri and how good he's been this season. Uh, but it's a defense uh, has just... I mean, after all the money that they've spent, and again, this is not a ticket city. I mean, it's just, it is a ticket city. But the family seems to have got that right. They've got that back five combination with the goalkeeper. They've got that right, um, you know, finally. Yes, they have. And, uh, you know, especially the wingbacks, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, Cancelo. Especially. Cancelo, yeah. He yeah. has been sensational in the past mm-hmm. few matches. Uh, he has been such a, a revelation. So I think uh, they are gelling nicely. Uh, the back four, mm-hmm. and uh, of course they have a very good keeper. So, and I don't think defense was, uh, you know, a major issue for Pep's team uh, and for the City team. So, yeah, they, they look pretty sorted, pretty comfortable. I don't see any problem now. Yeah, I mean, barring an off day here and an off day there, defense was has never been a major issue for uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, them well, because of the way they play. But yeah. uh, with Cancelo in the team, I mean, I think he has been the most consist- consistent outlet in terms of attack right now. Beat goals, yeah. assists, yeah. creating chances. Mm-hmm. So that guy has been really, really well. And that's probably the reason why they're not uh, miss, uh, you know, regretting not having signed a, or not having gone that's for, right. kept that's a right. backup option other than Harry Kane, right? Yeah. So... Uh, you know, it's yeah. scary what this team would look like if they do sign a, a reliable goal scorer. Yeah, well, I mean, they already uh... have such a you know good depth in the team. Mm-hmm. You know, now we are talking about injuries. Uh, some of the <clears> major <throat> players they'll be missing out, and yet despite that, they still have such a good team. I'm I'm just worried that you know <laughs> instead of five nil or six nil, maybe we'll see a, a a few lesser goals. That that's what yeah. the only difference. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a magnificent and and the one thing about City is that the Liverpool will lose players for Afcon, Chelsea will lose Mendy for Afcon, which is going to be a big deal. Hmm. Um, City are not. I Liverpool don't would as, lose Salah. That that would be a big loss. Yeah, I think City will. Salah and lose Mane Mares. both. Yeah. And oh yeah, Mane. Salah and Mane. Yeah, they'll lose both. Yeah. I mean, City and Keita as well, uh, who'll also be going if he's yeah. fit enough. Keita will go as well. But City, I mean, Mares might go. I don't know if Algeria have qualified. Then he might go. But other than that, they're not losing anyone. They're just you know, and they they don't even need him. So. I mean, this is going to be like waltzing <laughs> through uh, that period. But anyway, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Shikhan, prediction for this one? Hmm. Yeah, 3 nil to City. Well, I thought you were going like Everton, this is a good chance for them. But then it's like... Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a good no chance, chance for them. But I, I don't... There's know, a good I chance, mean, but there's still no chance. Yeah, right? but yeah, <laughs> I mean, even, 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 you know, with the, 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 the first 11, even, even with the first 11 players out, City... Like Sagar said, they really have, uh, you know, yep. they have depth in their squad. Mm-hmm. They have, that, that's one of their strengths. So uh, it, it's not really, and especially against an Everton, Everton team that simply hasn't, haven't been playing well. Uh, I don't see this being a big challenge for Manchester City. They should mm-hmm. still be able to breeze past Everton. Yeah. Um, Sagar? Yeah, as Nishikan said, uh, I, I, you know, I would like to add further that Everton do have a chance. So instead of losing final, maybe you know they can reduce the defeat margin. And yeah. Yes, I would like to go with a three nil win for City. Yeah, I thought you were going to say so final. I'm going to five one because I'll give them a chance to score a goal. Um, I think that's I, I think they'll win two nil. And the only reason I'm saying two nil is because after two goals, I'll probably take it easy and be like, we'll just control the game and you know we won't push ourselves too much. I think that's why. Not that they can't score three, four, five goals. I think after two, they'll kind of just stop. So two nil to City is my prediction. Um, and be interesting to see what happens with Rafa Benitez after that because I mean uh, it started off well, hasn't gone so well for Everton so far. But maybe that is something we'll look at. And the reaction shows to what, what that means for, uh, for Bainter's final game. Uh, Spurs uh, still uh, without a win for a while. They take on Leeds. I mean, if there's ever a team that you want to play to get a win, it's probably Leeds United at this point. They've really been bad. Um, but before we talk, I mean, yeah, let's, let's start with Leeds and then we'll come to Spurs. Um, Saga, did you expect more from Leeds this season? I mean, uh, they're kind of safely in mid-table. I, I don't think they'll get relegated, but I don't think they're going to go as high as maybe some people expected them to. Uh, yes, I was expecting them uh, to, you know, keep up their good work uh, over the last season. But, uh, you know, uh, Bielsa's team, they have always been very high pressing. So, it eventually, you know, shows up uh, on the players. But still, I didn't expect them uh, to be this bad. But, uh, yes, they, they could have done better. Yeah, I don't think they've been bad. Well, I mean, they are 15, so they're kind of bad. But I don't think they've been bad as such as they've been unremarkable. I think that's what I was just unremarkable. I think something that you'd expect. Here's an unpopular opinion. I just feel Bielsa is what Pep, or Leeds, is what Pep Guardiola would be if he didn't have the money to spend on players that he did. And that's not a dig on Pep Guardiola. I just feel that the style that these guys play, you need top-end players. If you don't have the top-end players... It's not gonna work. It just it, you know you get the, the kind of results that you get with these. That's just my opinion. I know people Do, be, don't be you think league. this is more applicable to Klopp uh, rather than same Klopp as well? I think same with Klopp as well. The, Klopp and yeah, but they Klopp, Klopp hasn't team. had to spend as much money as Guardiola, right? Klopp got uh, you know, you know players. He identified players that that would fit his system. And he got yeah. them for a reasonable amount of money, beat Salah, beat Mane. And except also they, he, they needed he, desperately a defender, so they had to overpay. Yeah. They desperately and, needed and a goalkeeper, they, and they, pissed off they had to overpay. Yeah, and, and they, and and, they pissed <laughs> off Southampton, so they had to overpay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he utilized his existing resources also very, very mm. well. Yeah. Like well, Anderson, yeah. you know. Well, I, I think, yeah. Him. No, I think Klopp would be in the same boat as well if he saw a Dortmund towards the end. The only thing what I'm saying is I'm not talking about the money spent. I think I'm talking about if you don't have the best players to play those systems, like yeah. Leeds have good players mm. who can play that system, but they can't do it consistently for 38 games. So Pep and Klopp have identified players who if, can do it. If for Leeds games. were in this position last season, being uh 15th last season, then nobody would have uh said that, you know, people would have said that, yeah, they're doing you know uh, yeah. well, they they they'll probably stay up. But the 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 bar that they set last season, and I, I think, you know, they've been unlucky with injuries as well this season. Yeah. They had injuries to Bamford and the other players as well. Uh, plus, then, you know, the, I did not expect them to be 15th at this point in time, to be absolutely honest. But I also knew that 
uh, they might not be able to replicate the success they have, they had last season yeah then there is always that second season syndrome right you, you know you mm-hmm. just come up from uh, champions league you're excited about being playing in premier league staying up you give it your all. yeah championship sorry <laughs> no. and and, <laughs> and you give it your all plus then there is the taxing football that bielsa makes makes you play right that that's going to take a toll on, on on these players so i think it's a it's a accumulation of all these factors which is why leads are where they are mm-hmm. but uh, i also believe believe uh, you know that they're not going to go down they're probably going to stay up uh, they might have a better second half of the season than the you, you know or whatever like uh, first be- better uh, rest quarters of the season than the first quarter of the season that they've had i think uh, so, aston villa and leeds you know they they are having a similar season like yeah. as compared to yeah. last season mm-hmm. they are uh, yeah. you know uh, significantly underachieving this season yeah, yeah. O- only difference is that leeds haven't really invested a lot in the team mm-hmm. compared to last season compared to uh, yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah anyway I mean, I, yeah it's just i mean i guess it's the last ceiling right we talk about it you get like to 10th or 9th is pretty easy to get to but then to take that final step into those european yeah. spots it's yeah. uh, it's and i don't league, think even leeds would expect them to you know better what they did last season they i think right. their aim last season was to stay up and it probably would be the same this yeah, season yeah i think most fans well. and as spectators we kind of expect that i don't know if the, the board expects that but i mean speaking of I mean, spurs i don't think even the fans fans would be happy if they just stay up yeah well i mean i guess he put oh. pressure on them it's okay yeah it's fine uh, we do that with with all teams it's okay uh, um, we'll talk about tottenham but if you want to talk about tottenham this is an interesting thing so we're talking about harry kane he scored seven goals against uh, albania and san marino apparently he's back <laughs> and you got harry maguire who's going uh, you know like you know like he's got something he he thinks he's back as well again he scored against albania and san marino you got john jordan henderson who had two very good games against albania and san marino he's apparently you know are we putting too much i mean i mean is this this a case of us saying well the international break has helped them you know play against these lower league teams uh, in effect and then you know try and get their form back and their confidence back are we trying to put or is it like just looking for some kind of justification uh, for players to you know try to justify their values and the hype that they have um maybe uh, i ask both of you guys to answer this let's start with uh, you nishikan um, you know i'm not even sure it's a confidence <laughs> issue when it comes to harry kane well harry kane basically more a motivation the, issue yeah well the story is harry kane apparently begged to play against san marino like he was like i want to play against san marino you know, because I, i mean you know it's just, i don't know i mean i yeah i mean as a striker he yeah he would like to score goals he would like to get his name on uh, on the sheet and it he probably thinks but i think in deep down i, I think he's he you know he, he's gone in his head he was gone in his head he he thought that he would leave uh, guy did a one hour interview with uh, gary neville where he kind of indicated that yeah i mean uh, i would like to leave now if someone pays 100 million dollars then tottenham will let me go and that's what he was really thinking that that would happen and daniel levi just cost him a lot of million dollars in 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 salary that would have got at city signing on bonus so, yeah he, yeah so i i think uh, it, it's a motivation thing as well and but but the good thing now is that they really have a very good coach uh so before he kind of uh, falls out with his player he makes a very good reputation with them right he makes a very good relation with them so he he's one of the those kind of coaches who can really uh you know bring harry kane back into form and maybe the reason why harry kane begged to uh, play against san marino was most likely so that antonio conte can see that he can still score right whether harry kane is still you know mo- motivated enough to kind of get back into that and whether he can still have that kind of relationship what he had with the club and with the fans because to be honest wherever i see on social media Tottenham fans are not too thrilled about Harry Kane since since he uh, you know publicly uh, not declared but whatever happened before that uh, they're not very key, uh, thrilled about uh, Harry Kane mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, well, so, yeah, we do spend a lot of time talking about Harry Kane uh, and his future. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, just bringing back to the original point, Sagar, I mean, uh, you know, Albania, San Marino, I mean, I, no disrespect, I mean, well, there's some disrespect to these teams, but I mean, you, they are not that good. Um, yes, but, we uh, should disrespect. It, yeah. it, but, the, but the thing is, is that, you know, my original question really is not about just Harry Kane, it's about all these players thinking somehow that they're big time because they're scoring against these, you know, lower league clubs. Um, it, I mean, is that, is, is that, uh, you know, I, I don't even know where, where to go with that because I just feel like these are the players who are thinking, okay, I've scored, I mean, uh, Harry Maguire celebration or, or somebody else thinking, I mean, the fans are going crazy as well, thinking about, uh, uh, you know, somebody scoring goals and assists. I mean, is it wise just to really hype these players up on these games and, and you know, you know I, have a level-headed I, approach? I, I was reading the other day, uh, San Marino, you know, in the history of uh, the international football, uh, they have scored 28 goals and they have considered 550 goals. You know, <laughs> let that sink in. So, uh, yeah, they concede I mean, like five they, goals almost every time they play England. On an average, yes, yes. They, they always they always concede. So, I don't think it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you score 10 nil or 12 nil. And, you know, even if uh, Harry Kane has managed to score four goals, but I still don't think, you know, if, if that was just to impress uh, Conte, I don't think Conte is, you know, someone who will be <laughs> impressed by, uh, do, you know, this type of thing. And uh, for me, if, if, you know, I were Conte, so I would rather look at developing Sun more than Harry Kane. Because, you know, Sun is someone who can definitely give you more outputs now. If we, if we consider, you know... He's probably been the best of... player this season too. Son, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if I were Conte, I would definitely try to, you know, uh, groom uh, Son, you know. No, but I think, you know... More than Harry Kane. Son is a really good player, but when he and Harry Kane clicked together, Tottenham looked like a different team. Yes, right? yes. And they've had, they have good chemistry, good relationship as well. Right. So Definitely. I think Antonio Conte should, you know, be looking to utilize that. They they definitely need Harry Kane. If if you know you can't get the best out of Harry Kane, sign a striker who can support Son, because he's not going to be able to do much with Lucas Mora. Right. They, he needs uh, you. You need a a good striker, and and that's what brings Son alive. And he's a dangerous, dangerous, and very good player. So they need that. So it, yeah. it, it's high time that Antonio Conte and Daniel Levi sit down together and decide what 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 do you guys you know what should we do with Harry Kane? Because if his head is not in the right place, they need a you know to focus on Son and make sure that to make Son successful, they uh, you know buy some players around him who can make him successful. Because even even from a you know marketability perspective, that guy is highly marketable. Right. So I, I think entire South Korea supports Tottenham because of uh Yung Min Son. Yeah, he's the best people. Some, I know I know South Korea in the world. Liverpool yeah. and, and Man United. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean Spurs. don't take that literally, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you know, but it's interesting though with Spurs, and let's talk about Conte because I mean they didn't win against Everton. They they played with eleven men against ten, so they probably should have, but they didn't. Um, but the back three, they went to the back three. Uh, it looks like it works on them because they've got players, in theory at least. We've got, uh, you know, Veguan looks better as a left wing back than he does as a, as a left back. You've got uh, Dyer, who for some reason, I, I, I honestly, till to today, I don't know what like, Dyer wants to be, but I think he's probably a, a, a third centre half is probably his best position um, in what he does. And then you've got Skip and you've got Hobie, you can kind of hold it in. So, I mean, at least Conte looks like he's figured out his system. That that's the way he wants to play Saga, that he wants to play a, a back three and he's got players that can suit that system. Uh, maybe it's too early to judge. I, I, I would rather wait for a couple or, you know, a two, three or four matches before, you know, uh, uh, making any opinion about this thing. But yes, that system looks good defensively. But, you know, uh, attack is something which they need I to I think he went on. with that system... Because he knows it has worked in Premier League before. Yeah, well, I think that's yeah. his. That's he always that been his successful system. with Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, that's always been so, back three has always been his system anyway. Like he plays that true, but, but he did not start with back three at Chelsea. He tried with back four first uh, until okay. he moved to back three. Right. So what about Inter? Uh, did three. he continue three, three. back? Three? Yeah, three. Inter it was three. Uh, okay. He played a three with Juventus as well. I think he always played yeah. a three at Juventus. Yeah, three is his go-to system. 
Yeah, and I the think Premier he's League trying that amazing. because he knows it can work in Premier League. He has that experience and, and mm-hmm. success with that. So that's definitely his go-to choice. But uh, you know, he can, you know, he might need to be flexible. And I, I agree with what you said, Eric Dyer probably, you know, somewhere between a defender and a midfielder. So might as well play him uh, as a third center back. He has played as a CDM, as a CM, as a CB. <laughs> I don't right know. Back. What, he's what, played as a right back as well. well. He started out as a right back as well. I think he's, yeah. Oh, I, wow. I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird one with Eric Dyer. He was linked with a lot of big moves at one point in time in his career. But yeah, yeah but so was Delhi Ali. Yeah, well, Delhi Ali. It's yes. interesting um, to see what happens with uh, Ali. How, how uh, can yeah. Antonio Conte revive well, his career? Yeah, well, Ali yes. and uh, and Dombele, I think, are two players who are. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll have to wait and watch what happens with them. Because for me, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where those two fit in, or if they fit in. I don't know. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. And this got yes or no question. So, do you think Spurs are favourites for the Europa Conference League because of Conte? Hmm. Okay. All right. We'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, we, won't, we won't expand further on that. Uh, but anyway, let's look at the score predictions. Uh, Sagar, we can start with you this time. Uh, well, uh, it's a tricky question, but uh, I, I, I would go for a 1 0 win for Spurs. 1 0 for Spurs. All right. Uh, Nishikan? 1 1. 1 1. Oh, a draw. Um, well, that'd be interesting. A draw with uh, who are they playing again? They're playing uh, Everton, right? No, no, no. Oh. They're playing Leeds. No, no. Leeds. Oh, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds United. Yeah. Sorry. A one-one draw <laughs> with Leeds. I mean, I, I, you know what? A draw is not a bad result. I think it'll be two-two. I just feel that there's going to be goals in it. I, I think Leeds. I, I just feel that Leeds are a bit too open, and that might allow Spurs to score goals. But then on the other hand, Spurs. I, I don't know where they. If they're not motivated enough, they'll lead score goals as well. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting how to see that that setup there. Our final questions for you guys, and then we'll close up. Uh, Nishikant, who's your F fantasy? If you are a fantasy Premier League person, who's your fun player? I am not. Definitely. <laughs> but 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 I if somebody never. were watching the show and wanted to make a Premier League player pick, uh, who do you think should be definitely on the team for this weekend? Salah. Salah should be on the team. Oh, awesome. Well, everybody picks Salah. So but yeah. Oh, it's uh, well, Salah should be on the team. Uh, Sagar. Uh, I would have said Salah as well, but uh, mm. you know, just for a change. Yes. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, know, if maybe, not you know, Salah, uh, you pick yeah. Salah, and I'll switch to Ben Chilwell. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds better. Or rather, you know, uh, even Reese James, uh, he he could be, you yeah. know, a very good pick for this this particular week. Hmm. You know, you guys are very, way too obvious. I'll tell you what, pick yeah. Declan Rice. That's for sure, because they, they, they're uh, playing goals. He's been having a really probably good keep a clean sheet. This. Yeah. yeah I mean, I always thought that he was kind of overrated, but this season, yeah. Yeah, it's changing my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just go on the thing, right? Because they're going to play Wolves, so they'll probably keep a clean sheet. So we'll get a point for that. And then you might see an assist or two for him because you know, even Antonio. Wolves are, haven't been playing that bad. Wolves have played well this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. They have played well, but I, but I feel like uh, I still feel the goal scoring is a problem for them this season. They haven't scored that many. So, I, and West Ham are probably too good this season. Yeah. So anyway, but we shall see what happens there. But you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll look at it on on Monday or Sunday whenever we do our preview show. And we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, thank you so much, Shrikan. Thank you so much, Sagar, for joining me for the show today. Uh, really happy and really appreciate your support and uh, your contribution. Always a pleasure. Yes, definitely. And hearing your thoughts and insights, um, hopefully we won't get too many pelters for some of the things we said uh, on the show. But uh, enjoy the weekend. Hope your teams play well. Hope your teams win. Well, in Saga's case, hope our team wins, but who knows. Uh, you know, <laughs> enjoy Enjoy the ride where it goes. But anyway, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Uh, thank you. Take care. And if you did enjoy watching this video, please remember to like, share and subscribe uh, to the channel. And, you know, Tell all your friends about it, you know, to watch these. I mean, we don't do them that consistently, but still, they're quite fun to watch. Uh, I can watch for that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you so much. Have a good day or night, whatever time you're watching this, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.